live from Columbus. It's the Zone of Truth. This week on the show, Griff and I review the Bud Light Apple Slices Hard Seltzer Pack, play a round of backup roulette, and of course, answer some listener questions. I'm your host, Steve, in the studio with your GM and my co-host, Griffin. Roll a wheel save. You're in the Zone of Truth. And we are live. Yeah, we're live. We did it. Here we are. It is a beautiful Saturday afternoon. We freezing got cold. Yeah, I mean, awful. It's pretty bad. Not even nice at all, Steve. I'm I'm trying to come into this with some positivity, <laughs> okay. man. That's fair. That's fair. It was a good try. Sorry. <sighs> it's a beautiful day outside, Steve. Don't you think? Live from Columbus. It's the <laughs> zone. <of> tra- <laughs> yeah. Uh, What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us. We got an exciting program today. Griff, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little tired, but I'm pretty good. I'm ready yeah. to drink today because we had a long weekend. I think you do too, right? Yes, I was off of work yesterday, and I will be off of work Monday. Yeah, we should get fucked up tonight, man. Yeah, probably. Want to get fucked up? Yeah, I'm, I'm done for it. All right, let's see what's happening hey. with the Oracle. Maybe you know what? I predicted this. I brought my overnight bag tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to. I'm ready to roll. But I'm probably going to need a lot of caffeine to pull that one off. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm also looking forward to getting a little Liddy City tonight. Griff, let's just get this show on the road. What have you been into lately? Uh, well, per your recommendation, we watched Glass Onion. Phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, that was a great movie. But I I actually brought the uh, brought the trophy. I, uh, oh. I, I won our Hideous Tom Football Fantasy Football League. All right, so you're going to have to give a little bit more context to the people besides the 12, like the 10 people that are in this league. What is this league? Yeah, what yeah. do you hold? What does this trophy look like? Because it looks great. It's a banana. Yeah, it's a banana. Nice. It's got my name on it. Griffin Norman, 2022-2023 Hideous Town Football League champion. Why is it a banana? Uh, there was like a banana inside joke that happened in season two mm. of us playing. And, and that season's banana a trophy became a banana. And then it was a banana trophy ever since. So someone custom made this? That's awesome. I don't know. Heath gets a banana trophy from somewhere. Hmm. <laughs> I, just, I saw the FedEx notification this morning, and I was like, I don't think I ordered anything. <laughs> Open the door uh, from, like, extremetrophies.com or something. Hell yeah. Banana trophy. But it is a league run by Heath and myself, mostly run by Heath. You know, we play fantasy football. We have kind of a, a group chat on Discord with everybody that's in it. And we usually play at like eight players, so everybody has like a really killer team. But if people in the community are interested in playing fantasy football, you know, we we have some spots open. You're welcome to join us. The prize is obviously bragging rights and the trophy. And I think uh, it's weird because like Heath won last year and I won this year. <laughs> but like we're supposed to like each send the, the winner a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. So like if you listen to the shows, you get a t-shirt from like both of us. Nice. You know what I mean? Like you get an HLP and you get an STF t-shirt, but uh, obviously like when Heath won, it's like, okay, don't send yourself a shirt. <laughs> I'll send you a shirt. <laughs> and this year, same deal. So maybe I will buy myself something nice on, this, on the merch store. Nice. But, like uh, a fanny pack or something. I don't know if we still sell that. We did for a while. I think we do still sell the fanny pack. I don't know if that's like, sometimes like designs on the, on the merch store, like 
are great, and I'm sure it translates well. No, 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 no. Like sometimes, but the the thing with them is like sometimes when they're on the merch store for long enough. Oh, like our. Um, I thought you were going to insinuate that it translates poorly. Oh no, to no, 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 no. The fanny pack, <laughs> the fanny pack's great, but sometimes the designs like get flagged or like whatever the base thing was like they don't sell anymore because mm. you know they change their stuff so some because i know that one's an old one so i'd have to check to see if you could even order it yeah whenever things go out of stock or neat uh generally every so often they are required to have a, a design refresh even if that's me just saying yep we still want it design still good <laughs> thanks <laughs> nice was there anything else you wanted to to chat about are you good to go man no that's about it pretty good well as for me let's see i'm gonna talk about some television this week uh second season of a show that i loved so much dropped alice in borderland for those of you who are unfamiliar it's very similar to squid game it's on netflix it's an adaptation of a manga and it fucking rocks. It's people competing in life or death challenges and season two kind of explains what's going on because it's a little bit more sci-fi than Squid Game. Squid Game is like, this could actually happen. But there are some more out there elements of Alice in Borderland that lend itself a little bit more to, to sci-fi. And in that vein, it kind of, when I'm watching it, it kind of feels a little bit like a live action version of an anime. I know generally those are Shit. Pretty bad, but there's no anime to compare this to. I haven't read the manga, so like I've just seen this and I'm like, oh, you know what? I haven't watched any anime in a while. Let's get back into that. The thing about it is they're pacing it like an anime. They're not yes. pacing. They're not pa- well, not necessarily like every anime. It's probably not filler, but like they're pacing it like a show, not like all of the live action animes, which are like, oh, we're gonna do uh, <laughs> One Piece seasons, like the first five arcs mm-hmm. in. 90 movie. minutes. You know, the first five arcs, the first 150 episodes mm-hmm. in the movie. You're definitely going to get all uh, everything out of it that you would have got out of the anime. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's paced really well. And I go through these cycles where I'll get really, really into anime for a while and then fall off of it for like six or eight months. And I'm back, baby. So a show that I really, really loved. I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of this is also on Netflix. Uh, Kakegurui. It's an anime where there is this high school where that has like the kind of traditional anime set up in a high school where there's like tiers and like a student council and like basically like a cast system, but it's all based on gambling and it's really intense gambling. Like people are playing like Russian roulette and shit. Like it's pretty wild. Will fan servicey. Um, but <laughs> I really loved it. They did two seasons of it. And I was on Netflix and it was sitting there in my list. And I'm like, oh, I know that's probably the last of that we're going to get. I'm going to remove it from my list. And when I did, I realized that they did a spinoff prequel series called Kakagurui Twin. And I was like, yes, I'm going to just pump this directly into my veins. Um, Start with the regular show and then watch the secondary show. But it's fucking great. And then I blew through that in like two days and I needed more anime. So I tried out this show that got really popular. It's called Chainsaw Man. Yeah, I've seen Chainsaw Man. Well, I haven't seen it, but I've seen, you know I've seen all the hype around it. Griffin, you would love this show. Yeah, I know. It's so <laughs> fucking good. It's a world in which devils exist, but the devils are personifications of fears. And depending on 
how feared something is, the corresponding devil is more and more powerful. So like someone out there is probably scared of hard seltzers. So there's probably a hard seltzer devil, but it's probably not very powerful because it's not a scary thing. But like a snake devil, everyone's scared of snakes. Mm -hmm. So that one's really, really powerful. And the chainsaw devil imbues itself into our lead character's body. Our lead character is kind of a dumbass and it's very funny to watch him like interact with the world. I will also say that his partner in the devil hunting agency that he joins is a character called Power and is an all-time favorite character of mine. When we get fucked up tonight, I'm probably going to go online and buy a bunch of Power t-shirts because she rocks. Uh, she is the blood devil, so basically is like a vampire, essentially. But she's a devil of people that are afraid of blood. Yes. Gotcha. Not very powerful, though, which is weird because... Really? I think yeah. a lot of people are kind of like... Maybe maybe not afraid, maybe just mm -hmm. like skeeved out. Like, you think about well, the amount of people that see blood and they pass out. Well, there's some, there's some nuance to the show that I might have missed because I generally watched it when I was fucked up. Um... But she's also a fiend, not a, not an actual devil in that, in a fiend in this world. We're talking way too much about Chainsaw Man, but we should just do the next 90 minutes about Chainsaw Man because it's a very good show. I want to watch it now. You would love it, Haley. It's so I fucking fun. Would the like action's it. great. It's funny. If a devil inhabits a corpse and like walks it around, it's called a fiend and they're a little less powerful. But then like the people that are still humans are... A lot of them that hunt devils make contracts with devils that they've captured to harness their powers. And they'll like, there's a, a girl that like has given her right eye to a devil. And in response, she gets like a ghost touch kind of ability. Fucking rocks. Watch Chainsaw Man. I have a feeling I'd really like it. I will watch it tonight with you if you want. <laughs> this sounds great. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, it's gory as fuck. It is. Yeah. Seen, yeah. It's intense. It's on Hulu. Check it out. And uh, I'll always stand power. Now, let's <laughs> do the hard seltzer pack of the day. This is the Bud Light Apple Slices. Griffin, are you excited for these? You know, I'm not going to bullshit our listeners or you. Mm -hmm. I've had these. Yep. I had Haley's. I think your brother bought them. My mom. Oh, Haley's mm -hmm. mom bought them thinking that. My mom uh, likes them. That we would enjoy them. No, no. My mom bought them because she likes them. Oh, well, mm. tell your mom sorry, because we drank all of them. <laughs> Would she get two of them? That's entirely yeah, all we, she wanted. We had, we had them over Thanksgiving. I will reserve my opinion for when we actually drink them. And this is more just punishment for you for stepping out of line. You have to do this again because you didn't wait for me to try these. So, you know, here we are. Let's get into it. <laughs> it's the only drink available. <laughs> the all new Bud Light Seltzer Apple Slices. Juicy, crispy, refreshing, and the perfect seltzer for this fall. No matter how you slice it, it's January. The loudest flavors ever. Now in the form of crisp apple, cranberry apple, strawberry apple, and peach mango apple. Generally, the copy on this website is pretty whack. We're going to hop into the frequently asked questions. And Griff, I'd like to do a little call and response, okay? Sure. I'll ask the questions. You provide the answers. This is straight off the website. What is Bud Light Seltzer Apple Slices? Our newest seltzer pack that adds four crisp, juicy flavors to the Bud Light Seltzer family. Cranberry apple, crisp apple, peach mango apple, and strawberry apple. Does it have any beer in it? Bud Light Seltzer Apple Slices is 100% seltzer, 0% pumpkin, and 0% beer as well. Strange. Is Bud Light Seltzer Apple Slices made from real apples? Our newest variety pack has a deliciously crisp apple flavor. Dodging the question there. <laughs> 
So no real apples? I mean, if you want to get all technical about it. Am I going to like it? Only if you have good taste. Great. So this is 5% ABV, zero gram sugar, 100 calories. Uh, we already listed off the flavors. Let's talk about the rating scale. We're going to be using the low by Flo Rida scale because this is the apple pack. One is going to be apple bottom jeans. Two is boots with the furs. Three is an entire club looking at her. Four is hitting the floor. And five is being surprised when a shorty gets low. <laughs> so how about it, Griff? You want to you get to work on these? Sure. Crisp apple. Keep that crisp fruity taste coming. Treat yourself to that green apple flavor with a sweet, sweet aroma. Uh, these are allegedly naturally flavored. No pumpkin. No pumpkin. No beer. Wait, they're naturally flavored, but they have no apple in them? That's what it says, dude. Crisp apple, naturally flavored. What? Unless they... Let's check the ingredient list. Water, cold fermented cane sugar, natural flavors, malic acid, liquid natural cane flavors. sugar. Natural flavors. There you go. It's natural flavors. Natural as fuck. All right. <laughs> Whatever, Bud Light. Whatever. By the way, these are not clear. Hmm. Interesting. As in not cleared by the FDA. No, I mean, they're not a clear liquid somehow. Hmm. Huh. I'm going to start. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to give that an entire club looking at her. That's a three out of five. Mostly because there really is no apple hard seltzer out there. And I think that is just fine. Yeah. It's a fine Granny Smith apple flavor. Yeah. Not too sour. Not too tart. Doesn't stick around for too long. It's is, got a, is it good? Not really. It's got a weird mouthfeel. Uh, yeah. It's definitely got a weird mouthfeel. So where are you at on this one? I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm going to give it the same thing, I think. It's mm. just fine. An entire club looking at her? Yeah. All right. Cranberry apple. The copy on this is come for the cranberry red fruity flavor. Stay for the sweet tart cider end. All right. Hmm. You want to start on this one? Sure. I mean, it's mostly cranberry. You can kind of get the hint of apple at the end. Just as the copy indicated. Yeah. They're the, right. I mean, the apple is kind of like a little sickly sweet compared to the cranberry, I would say, at the end, which is not really a combo that I love. But again, it kind of tastes fine. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to give it. Eh, I actually think it's a little worse than the past one. I'm going to give it a boots with the fur. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat with you there. Boots with the furs. If somebody handed this to me, I would just be like, this is a sort of off cranberry seltzer. I don't know that I would pick out the apple unless somebody called it out <laughs> yeah, to me. Yeah, unless somebody said, you'd just be like, this is cranberry with like a really weird, sweet aftertaste. Yeah, this is one of those things where it's like, has science gone too far? What is the purpose of this? Who Who is asking for cranberry apple? Seltzer. I love I, me some crapple seltzer. <laughs> Ooh, well, you know what? I might call this a strapple seltzer because we're about to try the strawberry, yeah, the strawberry apple. apple. Well, you're, I don't think you're really going to like your namesake. Oh, good. <laughs> Great. The creamy sweetness you can expect from strawberry with the crispy tartness you love from a pink lady apple. So Creamy? Yeah. yeah. Creamy? <laughs> Couple notes there. Creamy sweetness. It's not what I think of when I think of strawberries. Classic strawberries, creamy sweet. Also, like, you're talking about a pink lady apple. Not a great apple. Like, 
No, it's, it's not. Generally, a very average, like, lunchbox ass apple. Nobody wants a pink lady apple. Um. Here's what I'll say It's better than the cranberry one. Is it better than the crisp? I don't know. It's fine. Again, has science gone too far? Do we need this flavor? No. But that being said, you could concatenate down the name to Strapple, so I will be giving this a 5 out of 5, being surprised when Shorty gets low. Okay. Yeah, it's it's definitely only worthy of a uh, entire club looking at her, but... Uh, <laughs> it actually kind of, like, it, the flavor of it really does remind me of, like, a soap or a candle, so... Uh, I mean, it doesn't really get any marks either way from me. You mm. enjoyed eating soap as a child, though, correct? No, that was that was Chris. I was a candle guy. Oh, I thought mm. it was the opposite. Well, Chris ate dish soap. I guess. Oh. He ate oh. liquid soap. Interesting. I only ate soaps and candles <laughs> that were shaped like chocolates. Bamboozled once again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going to crack into this last one here. This is the one that I am most afraid of. Peach, mango, apple. Three things that maybe shouldn't go together. Indulge in that juicy apple finish loaded with tropical peach flavor. See if you can spot the hint of citrus. See if you can see spot you can. it? <laughs> what? See if you can. Taste me if you can. <laughs> I think this is just covering up for the fact that they fucked it up. See if you can taste like, it. Oh, Our professional tasters couldn't. This isn't really citrusy. <laughs> It's pretty peach apple forward. Mmm. So you'd think that, like, combining two things that are used as emojis for ass, mm -hmm. apple bottom yep. or, or peach, yep. uh, you'd, you'd think that this would be delicious, but alas, that's going to be... It's, this, is like, this is like eating a bad... Uh, ass. <laughs> well, that. <laughs> eating a bad Birdie Bot's ever-flavored jelly bean. <laughs> it's confusing. It's just what what's the flavor? Sweet? Sweet. Oh, yeah, yeah like, like but syrup sweet. Yeah. Yeah, like it It's just kind of a mess. Like what what's going like, on here? I'm going to give it boots with a fur because I, you know, I can drink it still. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I also think I'm going to give it a boots with the fur. Like, what is this? What are we doing here? I don't know. I feel like you drink that one when you're four deep and it's just like, oh, sweet drink. Mm. I think you're absolutely correct here. And the pack as a whole, I guess I understand that it was fall and they wanted to do an apple flavor. I think this was a better pack than their fall flannel collection, which yeah. was a fucking war crime. But this doesn't need to exist. I'm glad I was able to try it, but I didn't en really enjoy it. It's like when they make the lemonade packs. It's like, come on, guys. Like, we don't want four lemonades. No. Like, we don't want four apples, dude. No. If I wanted four apples, I'd be drinking a, a six pack of cider. Which leads me to my next question. If this is fall, why isn't cinnamon apple on the roster? Like, what the fuck is peach mango apple doing here? Who has ever thought of putting those flavors together? Furthermore, who's thought of doing that in the fall? Like, yeah, oh, like, why do you need citrus? Yeah. Why do you need? Who this? is looking for that when they're carving pumpkins and like stuffing a turkey? Come on. Mm, peach mango apple. My favorite flavor from. It's, it's a joke. What are we doing here? I mean, even even like because kind of half of them taste like they're trying to be a sangria or something. Yeah. Because you get apple chunks in the sangria. Mm hmm. So 
I guess my question to you, Griffin, wrapping this all up, if an apple a day keeps the doctor away, how far away would the doctor be from this pack? I think the doctor, <laughs> I think the doctor would be like in the same room as you verbally warning you to stay away from drinking. <laughs> doctor would just be encouraging you to stop. Yeah, the doctor would be like, you need to, I mean, I don't even really care that you drink a lot during the week as long as it's not these. <laughs> Please drink regular beer. You could take up smoking again if you have to <laughs> to not drink these anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the doctor wouldn't be terribly hip on this pack. I don't think it would totally scare him away. It's not. I don't know. Well, now he's gonna yeah. be he's gonna be all over your ass. You're gonna have to come in for a second consultation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. My alt here. This is the one I went with, but I did have. If you went back in time and gave these to Johnny Appleseed, would he be disappointed in modern civilization? And I would say probably yeah. Yeah, pretty resounding yes. Yeah. <laughs> he would stop planting. <laughs> like, I don't know. I guess I'm into pears now. Yeah. <laughs> I got to change the course of history. <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's divide these up. I'm going to lay claim to that strapple flavor. You want the strap? Yeah, right off the rip because okay. I love doing a bit. And I'm going in all, all in on this one. All right, what do I'm, you want? I'm taking, I'm taking the... Oh, uh, God damn it. Of course I'm taking this one. Those two are the worst. Yeah, I mean, fair. I got the best one, so you can you can pick. I'll go... Oh, cranberry's a fucking dud, but Mango's <laughs> a fucking dud, too. Uh, cranberry it is. Okay. <laughs> all right. Boy, it's going to be a hell of a night when we drink the next eight of these. To get into our next segment sure all right next segment we're playing a round of backup roulette so this was voted on by the patrons for those of you who are just tuning in or kind of forgot what we're doing here imagine you are a player on the hlp mainline show and your primary character dies in a random book from the ap you gotta roll for a new one we're going to be randomly selecting an ancestry, a class, a profession, and the point in the story in which you died using some dice. And then Griff and myself are going to take a moment or two to talk about what that character ends up being and how we would fit them into the story. You ready to rock and roll, Griff? Yeah. Well, I'm going to go ahead and pass you a D8 here because you got to roll for when you died and got to bring a character back. That's a six. I think that's book six. That is book six. Good one to get. I'm going to be doing the same. Now I'm bouncing a lot of numbers and shit here, so if people can help me remember what I do, that would be great. Eight. Eight is the neutral interlude. Oh, so you're down the shackles. Yeah, it's going to be a pirate. <laughs> we got to do an ancestry here. We're going to be rolling on the reincarnate table. This is going to be a D100. I'm pulling that up right now. Whenever you're ready, Griff, go ahead and give it to me. 16. 16. Now we are using the unofficial table, which is much more expanded than the official one on PFSRD. A 16 gets you a dwarf. A dwarf. Right? Yeah, nice. A dwarf in book six. Pretty sure I already know a dwarf that came in in book six. Hmm. All right. I got a 77. Got to scroll down in this table, see what I got. Dude, <laughs> oh, come no. on. This shit writes itself. I got a merfolk. That's awesome. All right. A merfolk in the neutral interlude. Now we got to do class. So there are 42 
valid class choices. We don't have a 42 sided die, so I'm just rolling this on my computer. Actually, I'm going to pass the mouse over, Griffin, if you want to do your own roll. Do I just hit go or start? Mm -hmm. 24. 24. All right. Now I need to count down 24. So give me a moment here. One, two, three. That's not the full tape. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. 24, you're an arcanist. Okay. Dwarf arcanist book six. Not too bad. Now I need to roll my D42. 12. 12 is an alchemist. Interesting. I brought an alchemist in at this exact point in the story. <laughs> okay. The very last thing that we need to do is roll a profession to help guide what our character is going to be like. This is going to utilize a D30. I have this D30 that we use for bestow curse that was gifted to us by our great friend, Eric. I'm going to pass this over to you, Griff. Fifteen, an herbalist. Ooh. Curious to see how you're going to work that in with the arcanist. Feels more like a, a druid or a ranger type of a background, but there you go. I got a 27. A 27 gets me a soldier. Well, well, Durin was also a soldier. <laughs> this is just a merfolk Durin. Sounds like it, yeah. All right, well, I'm going to look for a cooler or different archetype for an alchemist that might be cool in this situation. Um, ooh, that sounds fun. Whenever you're ready, you can start, Griff, but if you just want to start chatting about what you're seeing, what sounds good as you're working, what's happening in your head. Yeah, so I think where I'd probably come in is as a, like, kind of, not feral, but like a, a very, like, woodsy dwarf that as an herbalist is like investigating that first grove mm -hmm. that we found in book six where like the blight had killed the trees and stuff so he's like taking samples to figure out why like Virlik is why that taint like continues to kill the wildlife and plants but he's definitely going to be a brown fur transmuter arcanist and What's that? that's the one that can share all of their self-transmutation spells mm -hmm. so you get like you know, beast shape three, I can throw that on air bear and make him like a fucking octopus that gets eight attacks. Oh, that kind of stuff. So it's really good for a party with like already pretty solid melee characters because mm -hmm. you can like change them into like super strong animal forms or like you can change them into devils or change them into dragons because all of your like dragon shape and that kind of shit spells that you can get as an arcanist are no longer self spells as a brown fur transmuter. Ooh. It's kind of like a wild-shaped druid. That's actually what I was thinking about doing before I did Reeve, was doing a brown fur transmuter, but because of the level that we came in at in No Response from Deep Mar, it's the level before, so like level eight is when you get to share those spells, and I was nice. like, fuck, like that's the coolest thing about it. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play a shitty arcanist at seven that can like do a worse wild shape themselves if I don't have the one benefit from brown fur transmitter, which is being able to do that for other people. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you know, you can change all the frontliners into shit. You could, you know, I could change Durin into like an actual flying creature so he could bomb shit from above, uh, that kind of stuff. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Okay. I think I know 
what I'd like to do here and bear with me. So I don't know exactly how the the timeline goes. So I'm just going to arbitrarily say at some point, let's imagine there was a, a shipload of soldiers going through the high seas by where the shackles are and they're going to get rid of pirates and corsairs. They're bringing some law back to the shackles and inexplicably one of them's a merfolk. Don't worry about it. And at some point, they incur the wrath of Rags Mauda and Barlow, the big old devilish Jonah and the whale whale comes up and chomps the ship. Now, a merfolk is amphibious. So my merfolk would be living inside Barlow's mouth, kind of like those fish that have a symbiotic relationship with sharks and whales where they're like clean their gills and stuff. And their existence is basically tied to this larger predator. And that predator doesn't eat them because it knows that they're helping them out. Are you signing up to be Barlow's bitch? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying, Haley. Um, <laughs> My backup character, BB. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I simp for Barlow. Um, but... This this creature could live under there, being being aquatic, and the archetype that I would pick. Um, I mean, I wouldn't pick this because it will be, you know, invalid as soon as we get on land. But I would like to be an aqua chemist, which is a strange variant of the alchemist that is supposed to be an underwater fighter. They have a really interesting, you know, plethora of abilities. First of them being Sure Seal Alchemy. So all of their extracts, mutagens, all of the stuff that they need have this outer shell, which seals them in so they don't get logged with water and destroyed. They're waterproof. So you can do all the stuff that you need to do as an alchemist underwater, which you would need to do in Barlow's mouth. Then... Their bombs are super interesting. Bad out of water, but super interesting. Their bombs don't do fire damage. They do steam damage, which is badass. They deal damage underwater or on land. However, they don't work well on land. They only have a range increment of five feet. So sure, you're targeting touch, but... You know, that's going to be pretty tough to do. You're probably going to have to take that splash weapon mastery feat that Durin took at, I think, 13th level to even really have a chance of hitting something with a higher touch AC at a distance. But the interesting thing about using these bombs is when you infuse them with their reagents to work underwater, you can choose to either weight them down or put a little air in them, giving them either buoyancy or the ability to sink. So they go up and down. You can attack foes directly above or below you. So, you know, good, probably not, but interesting for sure. And then the last thing they get is an amphibious mutagen, which allows you to breathe air and water at second level, but I wouldn't have to worry about that as a merfolk. Is this build good? No, <laughs> but <really>. super interesting. <laughs> yeah. And if I was just playing something water-based, like maybe uh, Skull and Shackles or the whatever the fuck the Aslant or Ruins of Aslant could be a viable build, I guess. But yeah, I think that probably about does it. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. trying to think how like I make a dwarf like Arcanist viable. Mm-hmm. 
It's tough. Arcanist key ability scores are intelligence and then charisma. Ooh, I didn't even look at what the ability scores are. Oh, merfolk get dex, con, and charisma. So not going to help you out too much with your um, yeah, with your alchemy, but dex and con are good. And you don't have any negatives. There are some other, you know, a move speed of five feet, went out of water. Not great, but you Vince know. defeat, baby. Yeah. You get that as a... You get that as a racial ability, I think. Yeah. You can drink a spell of it, right? Yeah. So not too bad. I think that brings us to the end of this round of backup roulette. Had a lot of fun. All right. I think it's about time for questions. So Haley, do we have any from the chat? Yeah, we have a couple. Get some the, damn questions in, guys. Come well, on. The one, that, the one that just came in is a little disappointing, Eric. So this question's for Steve. Okay. Do merfolk have cleavage scales? That's a great question, Eric. I I disagree that that's disappointing. <laughs> um, I'm going to go. My heart says yes, but my brain says no. Like, do I want that? Yes. But, you know. The scales don't go that high. Right, exactly. It, it's top human, bottom fish. Um, Could that character that I created be like a have like a queenly rune? Will they won't they thing with Lyra? Maybe. But yeah, I don't know. I guess, I, I guess not. <laughs> no. The answer is no. We're never going to know. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, what a shame. What a We're shame. Yeah, a huge missed opportunity. So, Eric. Boy, can, you, can you imagine if I played a, a living grimoire next to an aqua chemist? Boy, I just <laughs> can be only imagine the synergies between those two. Anchoring this party <laughs> down. <laughs> so, Eric's asked two more questions, and no one else has. So, get your questions in. But also, um, we will answer anything. So Eric That's has asked sure. a couple <laughs> questions specifically about seltzers. And then uh, Smeagol actually has changed his name. So I need to uh, shy raccoon jets. Click is the new name. Apparently uh, has asked a question. So we'll get to those. So Eric first asked, if you watered an apple tree with these seltzers, would it be considered cannibalism? No, because there's no apple. Bud Light said themselves there's zero apple. Yeah. it is it a good question? Yeah, that's a great question. But there's no apple in these, so so unfortunately no. All right. So then Eric has It'd be also- like it'd be like if they flavored pork human and then yeah. you ate it. Right? If they took like a pork chop and added whatever the chemical flavor of human is to it. Which it. which I would try <laughs> because what I've heard from people that have had to resort to cannibalism um like in situations where you're stranded or or whatever. Just bored. People ask them, what does human taste like? And they're like, it's the best fucking meat I've had in my life. And I've never stopped craving it. So, yeah, I'd give it a try. That wasn't the question, but. <laughs> only, only if you had more of the flavor, though. Wouldn't it be maddening to crave it? Yeah, you'd lose your mind. Okay, so Eric has asked a question. And then Shy Raccoon Jets Click or Smeagol has followed up with another one. Okay. So, Selection Sunday is in 57 days. Who are your top four seltzers for the draft? Individual flavors or complete packs? I'm going pretty much all of the Astra flavors. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I've never found a seltzer that could beat this. Agreed. Although they probably won't be all my top four because it's very soda heavy. Yeah. I don't think you want that for like all of your flavors. So I think I would probably do the... The Orange Crush one's killer, mm-hmm. and the Baja Blast one is amazing. So I'd probably take those two, and then I would... No, I'm, like, tempted to take the rest, but... Mm-hmm. And then I'd grab... Oh, what really stood out to me? Ooh, I would... Oh, shit. What was the best flavor in that pack? Uh, 
I think I would want one from that Alani pack, the beachside pack. I was I was just about to jump on Alani, uh, absolutely. Yeah, because those were like fantastic, and we never had them again, yeah. which is a shame. I would almost pull anything from that pack just to like have had it again. Yeah. And then I think to mix it up, just a hair, I think I'd take... This is going to be a, a weird one for my fourth spot, but I think I want the Bang Raspberry Tea. Ooh, ooh, I was just about to take a Bang Mix flavor. So the teas are incredible. They're very, very good. But I think there's like a Purple Kittles or something terrible name, but I think that's one of the... Yeah, that's the one seltzers. of the original mix packs. Yeah. I'm going to put that on one. my team. I don't remember which one I'd like, but I'll put something from that Alani Seltz on the Beach pack because those were fucking fabulous. I'm going back to the archives for an old Bon and Viv. I think I'm doing the Clementine Hibiscus. And then in the fourth slot, this pack has zero cohesion. It's made for one yeah, person. It's, it's made for me. Yeah, exactly. um, but the fourth slot, I'm going to go like a Bud Light Peppermint Patty. Fuck it. Uh, like, yeah, d- weird, no cohesion, but yeah, definitely like one of the best Bud Light yeah. flavors they've made. Yeah. I know that's that's crazy and that pack could never be sold, but... Man, that's a banger lineup. You got yeah. something for every day of the week right there. Yeah. All right. So then Shy Raccoon Jets Click Sneagle has asked, uh, do you have a Rookie of the Year seltzer for last year? Oh. Mm. Ooh. Mm. What was new last year? I think... Oh, I th- were the Bang Tees last year? They feel like last year. I think they were. If well, they were, okay, so, that's got to be Rookie of the Year. That's out so, of... So I'm field. not sure what we're calling Rookie of the Year, though, because is it like new to the seltzer industry or a pack that is new because like i'd say the dua lipa pack probably got the most play from us this mm-hmm. year as a new pack but it's made by truly who's an old vet yeah i see what you're saying there and i think that's a fair answer i don't know who you would throw in as a rookie of the year if you were taking away all the established well, brands the, though the like, ba- what bang's not more than two years old no so, i mean like certainly young I think, you know, it's certainly not a uh, sesh. I know they're rookies. They're yeah, they're fucking staying rookies. Yeah, they're they're gonna be on the rookie contract minor leagues, forever. Goddamn. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think of like those new to the game because it can also be year? new to you, per Smeagol. Hmm. I'm probably in the same train vibe as you, like the either the bag mix pack or the Astro Fountain Soda pack, which I believe was new this year. Yeah, I think those are good answers. Yeah. All right. What else we got, Haley? Another question. Single Apple Daddies in your area has asked for Griffin. <laughs> That's also known as Trey. Is asked for, oh, as asked for me specifically? Uh, single Apple Daddies? What's question the question? Is this Griffin? an ad for... Um, like, what side am I on? What's your guess for the HLB main party's completion rate of the Book 6 dungeon? Like how much of all of the extra rooms we do or like how, how many like people when survive do I, or when, do I or think or when it's going to I think over. when it's going to be completed. Got it. <laughs> when, when I think the whole show is going to be over or just Ren Church? The book six dungeon is what is said. Well, I mean, that's Ren Church and Galaspire. All right. Single Apple Daddies in your area is typing. Maybe some clarifications okay. will be right. added. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I keep wanting to say that I think you guys, so you guys just like basically cleaned up the first floor of Ren Church mm-hmm. last night. There's like one more fight. The clarification is, are they going to hit every room or not? Oh, um, no, because I think they're going to split up. Oh. No, Shit. because we've already, <laughs> no, because I've, we already skipped a room. That is true. The bell tower. Oh. Yeah, they skipped the bell tower yeah. already. I'm going to give them like a solid 80% of the dungeon they'll probably hit. 
As a group, I wouldn't say we're like 100% completionists, but we're not terribly far off. Like, yeah. we usually don't let shit go by if we see it. There's usually enough curiosity for you guys to at least dip into a room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You never know when you're going to get some juicy lore or some cool loot or something. Like, I'd hate to miss something like that, you know? All right. What, what else we got going on there, Haley? All right. So, Bear Leg Chinchilla Harem has asked... Guys, that's red. Okay. okay. <laughs> Are you superstitious about your dice? In what ways do you have a set of dice that it's your lucky set? And can you show us them? And she also said, use her new name. I'm not going to check it out of this. All right. <laughs> bare legged chinchilla. Bare legged chinchilla hair. All right. Welcome bare, to bare the naked chat. chinchilla ladies. <laughs> <laughs> so I have dice that correspond to different characters. I don't like to mix and match them across characters. There are certain dice sets that I have that do float but those are like my linked legacy dice that i just use for every linked legacy character they're all pink one of those sets is also a vec Ralby set do i have those on hand somewhere yeah when when you start talking i'll, I'll pull them out yeah. but a couple notable superstitions that i have is that i rolled a few sets of dice for our rune lords games and now that those are concluded off air I'm probably never going to roll them again. They were for those characters and it would feel weird to do them anywhere else. And then I have a special set of dice that Die Hard hooked me up with when we were doing No Response from Deepmar that I used exclusively for when I was GMing that show. And I don't think I'll ever roll those again either because I'll probably never GM again. Well, maybe I will. Probably not. But those would be my GMing dice because they were. And unless I do that again which I don't want to do. They're not going to get rolled again. So, yeah, I I do. But I hope that answers your question, Griffin. I definitely have sets that are better than other sets in terms of rolling. Mm -hmm. I don't usually roll them. Like I have those frosty red dice that I used to roll early uh, HLP that roll really hot. Mm -hmm. uh, And I stopped using those. I'll like occasionally set aside sets for characters, but I'm way less anal than you about like using them across things. I usually like to set myself up with like a dice palette that I'll use just for everything for a little while. Like right now I have Mm -hmm. those like bloody dice and the black and red dice that I'm using, but I try not to get like uber superstitious about the dice. Occasionally I'll be like, okay, I've been rolling this one a lot and it's been hot. So I'm going to keep rolling it or okay. This one's rolled like five rolls below 10. I'm going to switch to another one. But beyond that, I think Chris has showed us that like dice luck is completely false. Yeah, he's very superstitious because he's super superstitious. And he took his he finally took his in a last ditch effort this last couple weeks in curse. He took his hot rolling malevolence dice and used them for Diego and proceeded to roll like complete trash still. (laughs) So um, those dice aren't lucky. Yeah, I'd like to show off some dice here. This is going to be a poor experience for people who catch this after the fact. But I'm just going to quickly show three different palettes I have here for my Linked Legacy characters. I always have three sets of dice when I play. That is like my good amount of dice to have. Not too many, not too few. I have this hot pink with chrome bounding on there, which I love to death. Then I have a hot pink with black bounding, which again, I love to death. And then this like pink dragon scale 
type of die. I think Todd sent you those because you yes. were like, oh, I have all pink dice for my Link Legacy characters. He's like, you're really going to like these. Yes. This last set, the Dragon Scale pink ones were a gift from our friend Todd from Die Hard. And I love all three of these sets. They're so much fun. I just like pink dice. They're fun. Yeah. Something that like I've been trying to roll a little bit more plastic dice because we have some, or pl- pl- you know, whatever, uh, plastic or resin or whatever polymer polymer yeah just because we have so many of them and like i have so many metal sets but like my metal sets i usually like to save for when i'm a player Mm -hmm. so i've been rolling a lot more polymers i actually (laughs) i bought dice from like i think it was like tabletop loot was going out of business and i got like a couple that i picked but i think about 30 random sets for like a hundred bucks Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, that's a deal. These yeah. are all, you know, these all retail at like 12 bucks. So I picked all those up and probably just give them out. The next time we did the yeah. <laughs> Didn't we do that at our meetup at Paizo Comics? Well, yeah, because, 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 because slinging at people. The, because the diehard guys will send us, you know, I'll order like their newest releases a lot of mm-hmm. the time. And then they're like, oh, it's it's you guys. Here's five sets of polymers mm-hmm. just to like, you know, you can give them out or you could just like have them i guess so at PaizoCon, i think we had a set of dice for everyone that showed up yes we, <laughs> we, we, had, we had like in. 30 sets of dice i had like my shoulder bag that i was wearing all night and it was just loaded up with dice we got to the bar and just like dumped it out on the table it's like hey guys, some dice. Some dice. come on yeah it's fun we'll do it again for our next meetup i'm sure 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 oof Haley, do we got any other questions yeah we do okay let's roll we got some time We've got a question from Eric again, which is, which book slash module boss would get the weirdest anime arc? Oh. Um, are we talking Carrying Crown? Probably, right? I yeah. would imagine so. I think if we're talking like anime arcs, this might not be weirdest, but the Abaddon arc and Neutral Interlude, I feel like would be super fun animes. Agreed. Well, that's because like the Abaddon arc specifically is set up like a tournament. It's a tournament, anime. and then you have just like pirate shenanigans, yeah. which is just inherently fun. Uh, I think if I'm thinking about like the bad guy's backstory, mm-hmm. I think Vrood would have the best anime arc because his backstory, like you guys don't even know, his backstory is like completely fucked up. Perfect. Nice. Like he's he starts as like this little kid in the streets that's like becomes a serial killer because he like. He's from Felgrau. Oh. So, like, his everyone died around him, and he's, like, in the furrows. Like, he, like, slits the throat of, like, passing by, uh, <laughs> like, travelers that are trying to get through the, like, haunted land, and he starts becoming, like, a, you know, necromancer slash cannibal from that experience. And then, like, Jesus. and then he's, and then he, like, I'm fine telling this because, like, he's dead, but, like, he, so he tries to do his whole, like, mm-hmm. throat-slashing thing to a high-up member of the Whispering Way that was go- heading to Felgrau to, like, mm. check it out for, you know, necromancy purposes. Big mistake. And she, like, obviously completely, you know, overpowers him and whatever, but then, like, seeing what he's become kind of takes him under her wing as an apprentice, and so he grows up in the Whispering Way. Yeah, Oh, that's that's super interesting. Um, to the point of what would be like the weirdest, though. I loved book two to death, our trial of the beast, and then like the big dungeon crawl after that. But I don't think that would translate well to anime. 
the pacing of that just I don't think would work. I loved the pacing for the show. It was super fun, but I think that just wouldn't translate well to that medium. Yeah, you'd have to be like jumping back and forth between like courtroom drama. And- exactly. Yeah. And then like the courtroom drama stops like two thirds of the way through and it like completely shifts tone. Like it worked, but I don't think it would translate well. What else we got? All right. We got a, uh, another question from uh, <laughs> Booty with the Fur, who is Sneagle as well. All right. I like that. <laughs> now they're just actively changing their names. I'm coming back around on this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he has said, double PCs is a lot and a unique experience. Any thoughts on how that's going and ways you might handle it differently? I have thoughts on this if you guys... Uh, Do it. Okay. So it is super interesting, but also... I, tech- I almost have like three. It's kind of weird. I have two to role play. I don't role play. Like the Lopper is controlled a lot by Griffin voice wise, right? And stuff. So role play, it's, it's just two. That's not as big of a deal. But during actual combat play, I've noticed because I have Tulia and I have the Lopper and Eclipse has always been kind of this spellcaster with a lot of, but does a lot of melee. It's almost like now I can use Eclipse and think about her in the versatile way that I've always wanted and tried to do, but I fall into bet, I like would fall into habits with her where I just do one or the other almost. And I think now that I have Tulia, who's very much a spellcaster and has to make things like I don't know, has to make do with just spells basically, because there's there's no way she's good at attacking. And she shot a bow. No, she shot a bow one time, yeah. That happened, so then I have to think of that as like a pure spellcaster. The Lopper is pure melee. It makes me have that. I think I now think about Eclipse a lot better in that back and forth of actually being very versatile instead of like going into that habit of all melee or all spellcasting. Yes, I think that's a great answer to this, Haley, because I think when I'm going to use this old tired idiom here, but like when all you have is a hammer, every problem looks like a nail, right? So if you're... Ikmer coming into every fight and that's the only character that Brooks is playing he's just going to want to run up and hit people and then protect other people that are in melee and that's the way that he has to approach every combat because that's what he does but you know then when you get a little bit of diversity on your roster and you can look at the combat in different ways and enjoy different things about it from different perspectives then I think it makes the combat a lot more enjoyable what I will say though is that these rounds that we're playing with all of these extra characters are super long. And part of that is inherent in that this is higher level Pathfinder first edition. But the point that I want to make is that it can kind of not be fun at all. I shouldn't say that, but it's less fun if I roll Matumbe at a 19 initiative and Durin at an 18, because then I'm going to do my characters back to back. I'm a little panicked on Durin's turn because I didn't prep him as well because I was looking at Matumbe's stuff because he's going first. And then once I'm done with Durin and don't think I did a good job with him, then I have to wait like a really long time before I get to play again. So if your characters are spaced out and you have the diversity of what you can do, it's no secret at all that I love playing multiple PCs. I did it with Saw and Matumbe, or Sawyer and Matumbe. I did it with Matumbe and Quinley, and now I'm doing it with Matumbe and Darren, and I'm having the time of my life. But you got to have that diversity in what you can do, and you need to be spaced out a little bit, or else it's going to bog down a little bit for you. Yeah. It's definitely um, been a fun uh, GM flex 
<laughs> to have been running this for now, you know, 10 episodes or whatever, and be consistently challenging you guys without pushing you over the edge and being able to, over the course of five combats, still whittle your resources down to nothing with eight PCs. It's been fun. It's been challenging. You know, I've obviously completely rewritten every encounter in this book because of it, which is also more work and challenging, but I think the combats are like far more fun because I've done that. Like if I just ran the combats out of the book for the party of four, it would be kind of dull. Yeah. I hope this is translating to something that's interesting to listen to. I've listened to some other actual plays that get into the high levels and it's like, I know what this character can do and they do their thing and then we're moving on and it's high level Pathfinder. So the episodes are longer and the combats are crunchier and it's kind of a chore to listen to. I hope that doesn't come through on our show because these combats do feel fun and dynamic. We have so much going on at every, at, at, at any time. I hope it's translating. I don't know if it is. Hopefully it's, it's what, fun, fun boy. I think it's <laughs> yeah. given me a lot of opportunity because you each have two characters to throw like difficult, hard counters at some of your characters at different times where it's like, okay, you know, these incorporeal creatures are great for Air Bear to hit now, but like really suck for Ikmer mm-hmm. or, you know, vice versa. Like, okay, this guy is a full melee character, so Ikmer can lock him down, but he also has a 40 AC, so like Air Bear can't touch him. You know, it's been like, it's been kind of like with all of your characters, it's like, okay, well, I throw spell resistance, a high spell resistance in there, and then like, feels like Tulia has to focus on other enemies mm-hmm. while Eclipse has to, you know, head into that encounter. So it, it makes it feel a lot less like I'm saying like, oh, hey, Steve, fuck Matumbe. Like, right. you know, like this is an impossible fight for Matumbe because I've countered him in this way because you have Durin. And so it's like, I can't make a counter that counters Matumbe and Durin. So you at least have something you can do against any enemy. That is such a good point, And I think so valid for answering this question that we've been on for quite a while. But it's a good question with, I, I hopefully, an informative answer for the people at home. But yeah, I. that's the other thing is that everybody does have such good diversity in what they can do that you don't feel like your turns wasted. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if anyone do doesn't have the diversity, it might be Emily, but by the same token, like, she always has the option with both of her characters to be doing something that's not damage. Yeah, and there's stuff that Emily can do that isn't necessarily, like, maybe moving the encounter forward, but she has her, like, divine intervention, which is a, a huge help on mm-hmm. other people's turns that aren't her own. Yeah. So, I hope that's fun for her. <laughs> I don't know. It's very helpful. Yeah. So, yeah. One of the things you guys said is this, like, the ability to, uh, I guess, work on different enemies and stuff. I realize this also allowed, it's been super fun because I'm not just, like, Eclipse is going after this one thing and that's that. And that's right? my, that's my combat, yeah. Yeah, and that's where I feel like that's how we had to focus before. And now I have to look at every enemy that possibly either of my characters could be helpful with. Well, yes. it's really fun for for you in particular. Well, actually, for the two of you in particular, because you each have a very, like, single target focused character and a very, like, AOE damage character. So yeah. it's like you have you have one kind of more battlefield controly splash damage thing, and then you have one, like, okay, I'm going to attack the big thing with this. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
I think that probably about does it for our questions. We're running a little tight on time here. We're getting towards the end. So I wanted to do a little bit of ramp up and housekeeping. Got a couple things that we wanted to let you all know about. Then we are going to need that final jab. I don't know if we have any of those ready to go. And then we're going to wrap this up and head to the Drunken Discordly channel in our Discord to do a little after party, hang out with y'all. First thing that I wanted to bring up is that, Griff, you're having a lot of fun on Redshift Rally on STF and Friends, or yeah, Strange baby. Table Fellows. The next episode of that, or live stream, is going to be January the 23rd. That's a Monday. So go ahead and check that out. I think that'll be like episode eight, maybe? Yeah, yeah that'll be eight. And I think we're going to have a race on that one. So I'm, I'm hyped for it. It'll be our third race. I've been listening to episode seven today. Great combat. It's a lot of fun to listen to. Guys, check it out. And then the other thing that I wanted to promo is we're doing what we said we were going to do. We're getting some guests on this goddamn show. <laughs> uh, the next Zone of Truth, we are going to interview our friend Jason, the GM from the 25 North podcast, not the Podfather Jason. This is a different Jason. But if you haven't heard of 25 North, this is a TTRPG actual play podcast. They're playing Pathfinder 2nd Edition and they're running the third party adventure path, Jewel of the Indigo Isles. So we're going to have a lot of questions about it's a little bit more of a, like a seafaring piratey adventure. So I think we're going to have some fun discussion there since we're getting ready for Skull and Shackles. We're going to be talking about third party content and all sorts of cool stuff. But if you guys want to ask Jason something or have us ask him for you, go ahead and hop into our discord, the zone of truth questions channel, throw them up in there. I'll record them all. And it'll be a, a great start to our conversation with Jason. Yeah. We're excited to have him. Yeah. I think he's a, a big meat smoker. Yeah. Too. We're, we're probably going to be talking about that. If you got questions about, <laughs> about smoking meat, get that in the chat. But at this point, I think it's final jab time. So Haley, what do we got? Yes. Yeah, so we have a final jab from Surprise, surprise, Corey. <laughs> oh, Corey hasn't changed her name? She has not. No. Okay. I had to double check since it was in a, <laughs> a, a private message and the names don't change there. But All right, Corey, what you got? So earlier today, you said that you made a viable build. She said a viable build, question mark. Steve doesn't know her. Viable build? Steve doesn't know her. Like you don't know. How, you don't, don't know what a viable build is. Yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell that to one Vicaris Relby. Get out of here. <laughs> That's a viable ass build for you. <laughs> no, but I, I, I play some true garbage. Um, anyway, I think that about does it for the show. So, Griff, is there anything that you want to say before we hop out of here and hit the Discordly channel for the after party? Just finish your drinks. We'll see you in two weeks. Later. As soon as I did the intro, I realized that my fly was down. I was just going to do it. I was like, I can't fucking do that on camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, start the show. Time to zip up. <laughs>